and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Well, this week, I am super, super excited about our guest. We have Dr. Erin. Dr. Erin lives in Los Angeles and is the creator and TV host of Good Morning La La Land, America's first live streaming daily talk show focusing on good news, inspiration, and positivity. With over 42 million impressions and 800 guests featured on NBC, ABC, Fox, Amazon Prime, Netflix, and the list goes on. Dr. Erin is a Doctor of Divinity, New Thought Minister, international best-selling author, a self-made millionaire, transformational speaker, awarded as Global Peace Leader in 2016, and a mother. Forbes featured her as the 11 most inspirational female entrepreneurs to follow on Instagram. She is the author of Awakening, a 40-day guide to unleashing your spiritual powers, life's purpose, and manifesting your dreams. She is also the CEO and founder of Soul City with the mission of being the number one spiritual leaders community in the world. Her mission is to awaken a billion people globally to their divinity while teaching them how to reprogram their subconscious, align with their personal truth and universal laws, and create a daily spiritual practice. Dr. Erin mentors soul entrepreneurs one-on-one and in group settings, transforming their personal and professional lives via subconscious processes and masterminds. She believes that when someone awakens, they naturally have a gift and message to bring to the world. After many years of working with a wide range of clients, from top celebrities, CEOs and single mothers, her events and programs are now available to everyone. She believes the route to happiness and fulfillment is not just knowing the truth, but living the truth. It's now time to tune into this one very spiritual and soulful individual. Enjoy. Well, I'm super excited today. We have a special guest for you once again, Dr. Erin for Haskell. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. I'm so excited because I am a woman in, I am definitely a project, that's for sure. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Absolutely love that. So the way we start our interview, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration her unique story. So talk us through, how did you get to where you are today? What was the inspiration? Oh boy. Well, most people know two years old and I 
actually had a stillborn uh, son. I was in nursing school and I had read in one of those books, what to expect when you're expecting that if your baby stops moving, that you should go get it checked out. So I went and uh, got it checked out and my baby had passed away. I was nine months pregnant. Um, and, uh, and I, of course, was in total shock. And the doctor looked at me and he said, I'm so sorry, you can either go home and you can start labor or you, you know, we can do it. I thought, my baby has died inside of me. Now I've got to give birth to his dead body. Okay, let's do this. So I went into an intense uh, process of delivering his body. And lo and behold, the next day I went into the mortician's house alone. Uh, don't ask me why I was alone, but um, basically they had us bathe the dead baby, take pictures with the dead baby and go home without the dead baby. And I woke up the next day and thought, I didn't get the right pictures with my baby. So I went back down to the mortician's house and um, the mortician said, oh, your baby's been for formaldehyde for 24 hours, but let me get you this room already and you can, you know, say your goodbyes. And I went down into this very dark, um, it was literally like a scene out of the movie. And, you know, I just had a moment. I had a moment in that room alone with his body, realizing that he was gone, his body was here and knowing that we're not these bodies. And I just committed to this path of awakening. And um, hence, here I am a long, a lot of, light, a lot of years later. Wow, that's amazing. I've got goosebumps and how beautiful. Um, I would love to maybe share with our listeners exactly what you do because you have the most beautiful website, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I guess to what I'd love to really unpack is your specialty, which is working with the subconscious mind. So how does one reprogram your subconscious mind? Oh, I can't talk today. Mm -hmm. Such a great question. And I think first we have to understand that the subconscious mind, you know, as a, I'm a new thought minister as well, teaching universal law and really science of mind and how it's all connected. And, and the subconscious mind is such, is I think one of the most fascinating things because how we think we manifest is very different than how we actually manifest. But, um, the subconscious mind, the greatest analogy I refer to all the time is a computer. So if you're listening to this or wherever you are, if you take a look at your phone or your computer, that's what's considered the hardware, the stuff that you can touch, that's your hardware. So the body, when you take a look at your body, this is the hardware. You can touch your body, right? So then we take a look at your computer or phone, and inside of it's what, what's running it. We have software that runs it. Well, this is can be upgraded. It can be, you know, have glitches in it. It can have all this stuff. And the same things with us. Our software is our belief systems, and um, it can get upgraded as well, you know, uh, or or downgraded. And then um, you have the memory, and in your computer you have mental pictures from, you know, all kinds of stuff. We call it the Akashic Records spiritually, and this is basically the sum total of all the memory, generally in mental pictures, but in you know energetic codes, if you will. And um, so how do you reprogram this? So in subconscious work, just like your computer, if you're going to clean up your computer and clear it out, you got to you know open the files that are still running behind the scenes and causing glitches and slowing down your computer and have viruses and all kinds of stuff. You've got to pull them back up. You've got to complete them. You've got to close them down, save what you want to save, delete what you don't want to have. And um, you basically can reboot the whole computer, upgrade the system. And that's pretty much how we do it. In subconscious work. So in subconscious work, we pull up the mental pictures from our past, from trauma, and we basically take off the charge. We take off anything that's no longer serving us and we neutralize it, complete the cycles and shut it down, organize it into where it belongs in the past so we can be present. That's uh, what that takes me back to. It's interesting. 
we had a conversation not that long ago that when you go back in time, for example, whatever experience that may be, that if you have an emotional charge, it means you haven't forgiven that person, for example. It's 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 going back, you can you'll never forget the experience, but you can forgive the experience and therefore not have the emotional charge with it. Is that what you're mm-hmm. talking about? Not having that emotional charge attached yes. to whatever situation? Yeah, it's really simple. You know, I don't, it's, it's really, we're, we're literally like a computer system. So if a computer is like a binary, it's like a positive or negative. So the same thing happens, whatever happens in life or doesn't happen in life, the moment we're such powerful spiritual beings that the moment we even place a positive or negative meaning on it, we instantaneously have a positive or negative, um, you know, experience around it. So what happens with the mental pictures is there's actual like energetic codes that we, you know, we place. And anytime that we place something as more powerful than us. So say that we had, you know, our parents got divorced or we had that breakup or whatever it is, those mental pictures, um, you know, is if we have the signing of that is more powerful than ourselves, we assign, we give our power over, we actually place our power and our energy on that and we have a positive or negative charge on it. So yes, same thing, just a little mm. bit different, a different metaphor. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you so much for that. And for our listeners and for myself as well, uh, you mentioned about limiting beliefs before. How does one know whether it's a limiting belief and then how do we break through those limiting beliefs? I love it. Well, let's just get it straight that if you're a human being, you have limiting beliefs because you have an identity, which is a false identity. So what is a limiting belief and what's a positive belief? You know, it's such a fascinating thing because if you get into it, if you actually even consider yourself a man or a woman, that's a limiting belief, right? Like, yep. you know, so how, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go with it, right? I mean, we have so many limiting beliefs and some of them serve in the context of, of our culture and, and what we have and whatever. So obviously, you know, anything that where we really feel stuck in life is where we want to first take a look at and really break through those limiting beliefs that are generally, you know, tacked on with some trauma and get those kind of off the consciousness first. And then we can keep going. If you want to go to enlightenment, you got to go all the way past all the veils of identity. So it's just how far do you want to go? You know, what is yeah. a limiting belief? And you're not your beliefs. You're the creator of your beliefs. True. And then how do you actually, what would be a step um, approach to actually break through your limiting beliefs? Well, in my book, there's four steps. So the first step for sure is just is waking up, really becoming conscious of, of what's serving you, what's not serving you, knowing that, you know, maybe, maybe you're, maybe some people aren't as advanced enough to realize they're really creating the entire existence, but maybe you can at least go, you know, uh, how I'm perceiving the situation is definitely having me create my experience of it. So, you know, waking up is the first step always just to begin to come conscious and, and just kind of diving through what your beliefs are. And then the second step is, of course, reprogramming. So doing your, your subconscious um, trauma work and also learning how to command in the truth, learning that we're vibration and how, how we reprogram the subconscious mind is by feeling. It's by the actual feeling that backs the word. That's why they call it word. And so understanding your feelings and getting in touch with those feelings and handling anything that's a feeling and emotion needs to come out of your body. You need to express it or you need to heal it. Um, and then being able to get into an ecstatic state. So if you're not able to have peace in your life, you're never going to be able to get into ecstatic state. You've got to learn how to get into a, 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 a a neutral life so that you can begin to even have free will 
to begin to have high vibration times where you're either in you know doing a firm prayer or you're getting to exercise and you're knowing the truth or you're doing affirm affirmations all day or you turn on your favorite song and you're cranking it up and knowing the truth at that time. But that's really how we reprogram is is feeling the feeling. Mm. So that and what would be the third and fourth step? The third is aligning, aligning to your own personal truth. So part of the process, one of my the most fun things I do with clients is I take them through what's called the truth triangle, and we birth their true identity. We birth their unique truth because there's ultimate truths like, like you know, the physics of the world and energy can't be destroyed. But everyone has a unique truth. What's true for you in finances and what works for you is going to be different for the next person. What's true for you in in health, how many hours of sleep you need is going to be different for you than a different person. So we birth their truth. So we align with the truth and we align with the universal law. And then number four is to affirm every single day we have a daily spiritual practice. So the four steps, again, are wake up, reprogram, align, and affirm. And the reprogram bit it's actually really getting in touch with your feelings it's got nothing to do with changing your your ways of thinking your thoughts or your words all the above yeah so in a daily spiritual practice you know it's so funny because i was just talking to a client today about this that i used to think that a daily spiritual practice was that 10 or 20 minutes in the morning and then i'm done with my daily spiritual practice but you know as you evolve and you realize every breath you take is your spiritual every person you come in contact with every word you speak is your daily spiritual practice you know who are you being and that is your daily spiritual practice so we do everything from of course what principles do you want to live by? Who, who was, what's the woman that you want to be? And who is that woman? And are you living on your own principles and your own value system? Um, everything from, of course, meditation, intuition, visioning, um, mindfulness, affirmative prayer, affirmative, you know, all the traditional daily spiritual practices. But I think the most important thing is to live your truth, mm. live what's true for you. And that's not always easy, is that standing in your truth, actually. I, I find, <laughs> right. Yeah, I find that sometimes I look, I practice that, but I even find sometimes I'm not really standing my truth at the time because I'm uh, more concerned about, you know, other people and my environment. So sometimes standing in the truth. So what would be a piece of advice for our listeners if they, you know, f to help them stand in their truth? You know, I think a daily spiritual practice is the number one thing because if you get clear of what really works for you, so what I have clients do is I have them go through the four areas of your life, which is career and money, relationships and love, health and wellness, and your you know creative expression. And when you get clear of what your must-haves, your deal breakers, and your ideal scene is in those, you can start to live on those principles for yourself. It basically is getting down to what you value and what are you committed to in your life. And when you get clear of what that is and you write out a life purpose statement, and then this becomes the North Star of your life. So every single day, you need to be looking at that, meditating on that, visioning in that, remembering it multiple times for the day. The only disease, the only disease is amnesia. Right. Mm -hmm. mm, that's interesting. So I love, um, one thing I'd love to really unpack as well is with the, when you're talking about what you value, what's most important to you when you're going through these four areas of your life, um, how does one stop that? Because I know I do it myself that sometimes I go, oh, Catherine, you can't be thinking that way. That's a little bit negative, but that's how I, I'm feeling at that time. So yeah. how does one sit with that? I love that. I love that question because it's uh, it's one of my pet peeves of spirituality. And that is the positive movement is a pet peeve of mine because 
it is a pitfall. And I truly believe that our emotions are here to guide us, to tell us when we're on and off track from our truth. And if it's like putting your hand in the fire, oh, are you going to put your hand in the fire and be like, oh, I can just, I need to be positive. This is going to work out. Like, no, you have your hand in the fire. So the point is, is this, is that you've got to learn how to um, find your live on that course. So being positive, yes, we want to focus on what we want and we want to focus focus on the miracle that everyone is and we want to focus on whatever. But if there's a place where you it's not a healthy environment or you know people need to have boundaries on them or you know it's just not you're not in alignment with that career or whatever it is that when you're not feeling good, I'm telling you that this is so profound. Write this down if you're listening to this right now. If you're not feeling good, if you have angst, if you have any negative emotion, that is the call from the universe for you to go within and to not only go within, but find your truth and then go to that tr- truth. And so it's not about just getting positive and going, oh, I can make you know uh, a pie out of this cow crap you know that that's ridiculous it's it is getting in alignment with what works for you you should have an opinion you're already almighty you're already ethereal we're here to have a human experience and have opinions we're not here to get zenned out and detach it's called spiritual detachment i see it all the time and i'm like well that's cool but to not have emotions that's why we've come to have a human experience Mm-hmm. is to have emotions, to have this experience, to to have a choice, to say, this works for me, and I get to have free will and go over here. To be zenned out, that's great. But if you're, if you're, most of the time, if people are just getting to where they just have gone to, into apathy. Mm. And, and as you were saying this, I know that sometimes for myself, and, you know, I know it's a spiritual bypass where I go, oh, you know, Catherine, you're just being silly, and then you're always making excuses for other individuals mm-hmm. or the environment because exactly. you are trying to stay positive. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's one of those uh, things that I think I, I I actually catch myself doing all the time. Is this real or is this a spiritual bypass I'm currently going Such through? Such a great, yeah, spiritual bypass, spiritual um, detachment. Yes, absolutely love those distinctions. They're so great. Mm. So, Dr. Erin, for our listeners, if there was that one piece of advice that you would like to recommend someone that's embarking on a new life or a new career, what mm. would be that one thing that they could start doing? I mean, I feel like this, I feel like subconscious work is, is the most important thing. I think meditation is the foundation to everything, but I think meditation can take a very long time. I feel like if you did subconscious work, you can break through a lot of walls uh, 10 times as fast, if not a hundred times as fast, just getting in there, spotting stuff. It really, uh, has people realize how much they decided and how they, the same power that creates suffering, the same power that creates limitations, the same power that creates chains in our life is the power that frees us. And the only person that could ever put us in shackles is ourself. So true. So how do you actually do the uh, subconscious work? Is it through a series of like visualization, um, hypnotherapy? What exactly do you do to break through um, and get to that subconscious level? So there's, there's, um, there's processes. So we either do it one-on-one or we do it in group sessions. And, um, there's processes like, uh, for trauma, we do a uh, spiritual reverie. So we go back in and pull up the mental picture and it's, a, it's exactly identical to a cognitive thera- uh, therapy called, um, prolonged, uh, sorry, 
a cognitive process called prolonged therapy. It's very similar, other than we go into past lives as well. Um, and then we go into things like upsets, anything going on, and we run down the upsets and we get the communication out and we see where the failed expectations are and we see where, you know, that basically the gap in suffering is, is wanting life people in places to be different than they are. So closing that gap to acceptance and then having choice to either have boundaries or whatever works for people. It's all processes. And we just we break down the four areas, which are basically trauma, um, upsets, quandaries, and self-judgment. And so we just go through a series of different things around that and take a look at people's lives. Are there suppressive people in your life? Are you in a dysfunctional relationship? Da 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 da. And just breaking it down. It's really, yeah. it's actually very simple. You know, mm. it really is. It's just um, people overcomplicate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And self judgment is a really um, interesting topic in itself. I think we um, talk about how judgment stops us doing the very thing that we need to do. But how does one stop judging? Um, you know, uh, if I, if I can just tell somebody how to do that, that would be, um, then I might be, you know, the next multi-billionaire, right? right? I mean, it is, it's a, it's a practice. It's, it's self-love, you know, how do you explain what love is? Love is an ethereal thing. How do you measure it? You know, so it's like Bob Newhart said, you just stop it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. So, I mean, it's a slow, it's like peeling away the layers of the onion as uh, many people refer to. And subconscious work is more and more, you know, as you get to those things, you're either going to choose to do it or the universe is going to slam you down and have you surrender to that, to that breakdown and breakthrough. So regardless, somehow we get there <laughs> yeah. if not in this lifetime at some point in time. Yeah, I know. I find okay. I'm just saying. I'm asking that question also for myself because I find myself judging myself all the time, unconsciously, without even thinking about oh, it. Yeah? it. Just happens. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I, I think we all do at some level, whether it's our hair oh, or sure. our, whatever that may be. You know, we're constantly going. Oh, we need to be a little bit tighter yeah. here, firmer here. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the greatest processes for that is taking people into their younger self and their older, wiser self, like in a visualization process and really beginning to bring that child within and and, and just beginning to love ourselves like if we were taking care of our own child, because most people wouldn't want to hurt their own child. So I think that that's a, a breakthrough process that people can actually take into their daily spiritual practice in doing in doing different meditations around that and remembering that there's that innocent part of us that we need to really learn how to be our own best friends we need to mother ourselves we need to love ourselves knowing that the ultimate relationship is always with you know within to the higher self and all other relationships are the projection and reflection of our ability or inability to love so if we can't love ourselves how in the world are we going to accept and love other people so you know, I mean, I think we're so caught up in this rat race out there. Like, are you the six and seven figure coach and da da da? And you know, it's like that great viral video that went around about that sold the lieutenant or whatever that talks about, you know, making your bed. Like, if you mm. you you want these huge goals, but if you can't even make your bed, like, y- y- what are you? You're kidding yourself, right? So, mm. like, to think that you're going to be fulfilled and da 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 and all this stuff being a six or seven figure coach and you haven't figured out how to love yourself, like, uh, you you, you might want to rearrange your goals this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So true. And as you're saying that, I'm actually looking, I've got a photo of myself when I was about two. Uh, And what I do is when I actually catch myself, well, when the inner critic comes up, um, I always look at that and think, you know what, would you speak like that to uh, that little Catherine at the age of two? And the answer is always no. I know. We all want to just love ourselves. And I do it too. We all do it. But that's why I say the only dis-ease is amnesia. Mm. Because if we had, if we... If we placed a picture of, our, of the little girl of ourselves on our desk, you know, 
and remember all the time she's right here she needs love too you know so true absolutely Mm -hmm. so dr erin you've had an amazing wonderful life what has been one of your greatest lessons that you have learned along your way well it's been a tough life and a lot of it you know um for me i mean of course i have a son now that's 23 and he is he's just a good freaking human being you know and so that brings me more joy than ever of course being in service and having, you know, women around the world reach out and talk about their, you know, epiphanies and, and things that have happened with their awakenings. That's for sure. I mean, it goes beyond any, anything mm-hmm. that goes beyond everything. Yeah. That's oh, why we do this, right? Yeah, absolutely. I also have a son who's uh, 24 and wow, have I learned so much through him. Mm-hmm. He's so chilled out. It's amazing. Um, and the other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration is about pain points. We believe that we all have some pain points. What would be one of your pain points and how do you work through? What's mm. what's your best way of finding a solution? Because we do have a lot of women um, that listen to this show that are in business, entrepreneurs and, and so forth. And, you know, we all have pain points. What's yeah. yours? Loneliness. For sure. Absolutely. It's an ongoing thing that, and that's actually has been the biggest driving uh, point for me to launch Soul Society uh, because, you know, look, I'm around, I mean, I, I had 800 people on my show this last year. You know, I'm around, I'm on red carpets, I'm da da da, I'm here, I'm there, I'm with clients, and I still need and desire because I think it's a natural thing. I don't think we're supposed to do this alone. Mm. And I think that spirit truly desires for us to be highly, you know, connected. And hence, it's wonderful that we've connected on the web, but we need to really connect physically. And that's why um, Soul Society, for me, my mission is to have it be the number one spiritual community of leaders, um, spiritual leaders in the world, but also to really have an online community and an offline community doing events and and having, you know, soul circles where we come together and have beautiful evenings instead of just going and doing yoga and things that we do anyway. But I want to have people have a voice. When they come, they'll, they'll have a voice. They can talk about what's going on for them and have a community where they can leave at the end of the night and feel like their their soul has been fed. That's what's so important. Because you can be in the middle of hundreds of thousands of people and, and still feel lonely. You know, it's it's I having agree. that connection. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think face-to-face connection is so important. It's, and we've we've lost so much of that physical face-to-face connection. It's it's everything is online these days. So it makes it really mm-hmm. hard to connect. So the other thing that we love to ask is, what do you think is a reason? Because we were talking about, um, you know, prior to coming on the show, we do have a lot of women in business, entrepreneurs and so forth. What do you think is a, is one of the reasons um, that business failed to succeed? Mm, such a, that's a profound question. I really appreciate you answering, I mean, asking that. So what is it, eight, one out of... Uh, Eight out of nine businesses, I think, fail over five years or something like that. I yeah. don't know what the stat is for sure, and I don't have don't um, don't uh, quote me on that. But I think it's about that. Uh, I mean, the same reason why anything fails uh, is because we don't have the correct mindset and we don't have the correct skill set. So you know, uh, it's giving up. You know, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the entrepreneurs are solo entrepreneurs, and it's pretty impossible to do it alone. We're not designed to do it alone. Again, spirit, we are, you know, here, uh, we need to have 
collaboration and hence why we do a lot of masterminds. People need to learn how to build teams and there's ways of doing that. You need to figure out, um, I had a, a client who had 400 employees and he went down to 200 employees because he did personality tests. He found out what people's strengths and weaknesses were and he teamed them up. So there's always a perfect, um, you know, a partner for everybody and there's the perfect team for everybody so you need to really get clear of what your genius is and what your kind of limitations are and be and be okay with that there's nothing wrong with limitations it's actually the biggest blessing because then you're going to have to call in the team that's going to be that and so i think the number one reason is because we don't you know so we don't have teams mm, i love that so when you mm-hmm. talk about genius is that finding our purpose in life no your genius is your personality test you can, um, I think well, I use Colby. Um, there's many different personality tests, but you need to figure out, are you a detail person? Are you an innovator? Are, you know, like there's people who are more the visionary type of founder people. There's detail people that are kind of the follow through people. There's, um, innovate, there's a, sorry, um, implementers, they're managers and there's fact finders, researchers. I'm sure there's many other types, but in the one that I use, there are four types. And so when you figure out those types, then you can hire accordingly of what you really out those teams and then it's amazing because the the synergy and what spirit is able to do uh it's like the show you know there's three hosts and and we're able to uh, you know do 10 times what we could if it was just you know individually because there's a there's a synergy that happens with that Mm. so Mm -hmm. sorry what did you call it cody colby k-o-l-b-e um, I think it's like 50 bucks if I don't make any money off that. There's, there's other sites I'm sure that could be free. There's some that are probably more expensive. I help people create masterminds because masterminds for me is the greatest way. Say people can't go, I can't afford employees right now. Fine, you don't need an employee. You can get a partner and have a mastermind and still do the same thing. You can find what your strengths and weaknesses are. You can designate who does what. You need to start understanding these things so that you can, you know, when times get hard because business is hard, there's ups and downs, our economy changes, all kinds of things you've got to have um and we tap into the mastermind we we go into session once a week with our teams or tribe or mastermind and we we work through whatever needs to be worked through and the there's rules and the rules are everyone's got to be fully committed everyone's got to see through and the thing is that as we know in a ship it's not considered a crew until it's gone through a storm so you need to pick people that are positive you need to pick people who persevere that have a history you know, so you got to pick your people. And that's probably the, one of the most important things is picking people that have abundant mindset, to have a great attitude, and that will persevere through anything. Mm. So picking those people, yeah. I love that, having a mastermind group. There's one thing I do want to go back to because when we're talking about um, – reason why people fail to succeed in business uh, you have this thing where uh, on your website what is the key to success what is the key to success there's only one in my it depends on how you define success right so i mean that success is defined differently and i think my son summed it up best doing what you love with people that you love when you want to do it right so it's free free choice i mean let's face the fact that's real success for one person that's going to be a billionaire for another person it's you know to have $30,000 and living in Bali. So what, it doesn't matter what success is. But the number one key to success, of course, is knowing who you are. I mean, there's just absolutely no question about it that, that going into the truth, because you may just be, you know, doing what your parents told you to do or what the culture told you to do. And then you get to that success. And all of a sudden you realize that that's not even making you happy either. And guess what? Nothing in the out world will ever make you happy. So finding true success is always, always 
finding happiness and fulfillment within and then transcending that um, into this world. Mm, so true. So, so true. I agree. The other thing um, where you mentioned about uh, really understanding who you are, how does one discover their soul's calling? Mm. Cool. We take them through a process and there's an actual formula that I've come up with, which you can write this down. It's three things. Um, your, your triumphs plus your passion plus your skill set equals your purpose and calling. And it doesn't, maybe it doesn't work forever. It's never not worked for anybody I've worked with. So basically what we do is we go into the suffering of this lifetime and all lifetimes, and it's profound. It's pr- Let me tell you that, Catherine, this is probably the most profound thing when people start looking at their suffering through all lifetimes and they see what they, like there's a reason why certain people with a child because they dealt with being a child or having you know a child killed in front of them over years or different lifetimes when people that are you know need to have a voice because they weren't able to you know have a voice they live in a very suppressive culture in many lifetimes you know so on and so forth so, so they're try what do they have to overcome it's like <clears throat> we don't want to work with somebody <clears throat> that helps us say lose weight that never dealt with <clears throat> excuse me let me take a sip of water real quick um we don't want to work <clears throat> with somebody who didn't have to overcome something, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, we don't want to learn about how to become a millionaire from somebody that was born with a silver spoon in their mouth. We want somebody who was, you know, broke and living in their car and then they overcame it, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the same thing with your purpose and calling. You need to, you needed to have gone through all that suffering to have that relative experience to come in and be that you needed to go through that to understand to have the tools to go from a to z those trials those triumphs that you had to overcome to come to those triumphs is one of the best gifts you can ever have coming into this lifetime so we take your triumphs plus your passion so what are you really passionate about and your skill set because you sometimes you've got to develop skill set right you can be you know, know the truth of the universe, but not have the skill set to be able to get it out to people through the technology, through writing, through whatever. You've got to build your skill set. So um, that's the formula. Three I, things. I love the triumph bits because it's so true that it is through our pain that we learn and grow. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So another question, what advice would you give mm-hmm. your younger self looking back in time? Well, I wrote a book for her because I think it's very important to do our own karma and really complete what we need to complete in this lifetime. And that is, you know, so yeah, for me, it was a book about awakening because I really feel like um, that's our, that's what we're here to do. We're here to remember who we are and then basically transcend the truth into we're here to be the greatest form of our individual self. And how do we do that? You know, we're here to do that. You have a gift, Catherine, that no one else has. There's not one other person on this entire planet or universe that's not, that's you, right? So the greatest gift you can give this entire planet is you, the highest, most expression of you, the most loving, the most, you know, radiant you. And so, of course, we want that for everybody. But how do you get there? How do you find that woman? How do you birth that woman? And there's only one way of doing that. And it's really dying as the divided self that, you know, uh, um, the, what's it called? The, the bird. Help me out. <laughs> so, so what, what's the bird? Yeah, I'm looking for the, oh, the, the rising phoenix. The rising oh, phoenix. Yeah. Um, so how do you do that through awakening? You've got to rebirth yourself. It's birthing your truth. Mm. 
It's, I, I just, it takes me back to another interview. Uh, Rebecca Campbell was saying that there's the, the, we, we have two mothers. We have the mother of our birth mother and then we have the spiritual mother. Um, and it's, it's, it's like, how do you, so then there is, there has to be a death of the physical self in some way for then for you to be reborn in that, um, what you're talking about in that other form. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. You know, one of my favorite things ever is doing death meditation. And it sounds so dark, but it's the most liberating thing. You know, when you go in there and you actually like you can actually go and just pretend like you're laying, you know, in wherever it may be in your your bed at your home or in the hospital and just really like visioning the people that you love around you and just really giving them love and saying goodbye. And like there's something so profound, you know exactly what still needs to be healed, you know exactly what needs to be said, and you get complete on everything. And then you can come back and then you can just really enjoy people exactly as they are. It's like a big bonus. Mm, I love that. And I have done that. I don't think it's dark at all. I think it really helps you understand what is your legacy? What do you want to be known for? What is it that you haven't done um, before you leave this kind of, you know, this world? So I think it's a great way to reflect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how about you? I, you know, I don't know that much about you and I'm sure your, your listeners come because they want to hear you. They want to hear more about you. So what do you think about all this? So what do you think is the key to reprogram this? You've interviewed so many people. What do you think the key to reprogram your subconscious is? Oh, this, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm actually current, currently doing a little bit of research around that, which is the, the around Carl Jung. So it's interesting because of the, the more information you have, it, it's, the information is drawn from the same pool, but there's also, there's this, uh, you know, once again, you could do the self work, but then there's that collective unconscious. And this is mm-hmm. probably very similar to what you were talking about, um, going through past lives or, you know, some people call it, you know, um, genetic, uh, you know, transformation when you bring, you know, parts of the DNA that's been passed down your family. So I think there's so many parts, moving parts. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing that we can do is that deep work that you talk about, absolutely absolutely get into that um, unconscious or subconscious. I mean, some people believe that unconscious is that the deeper part of our brain, the subconscious is that more the emotional part of our brain, and then we've got the conscious. So there's, it depends mm-hmm. on where you look, but absolutely that unconscious or subconscious work is a must because this is where we actually find where our fears, you know, what are our fears? I mean, I know for me was I had a fear of success and I didn't mm. realize that every time I was getting close to that brink of something, I would sabotage it. Um, and so then right. I did, and when I actually did that work, I could actually see that because um, I'm French. So when I came to Australia, I was only well, seven, um, but it's that time, that prime time of the brain where you're still learning from everything around you and, and downloading that information, that software, as if it's your reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think that every time I stood up and I spoke, people would make fun of me because I had this accent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and I can see that when I go back in time to that little girl, that uh, the fear of success is I have to stand in my own light. Mm-hmm. And so, so true. the deep work is a must, you know, and it's, it, there's so many layers of it. You don't just do it once. It's constantly, I've been doing this for mm-hmm. 24, well, five years and I'm still learning so much about myself. I'll never stop learning. And so always, I always call, and I, I get so many etheric slaps. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think I totally agree with everything you said. And I think there's a lot of different um 
you know, there's just different, uh, people have different language around all of it. But I do think that it's important for people to understand that your consciousness, the individual consciousness is, co is connected with the collective and cosmic. So we're never, we're not ever, an indi there's no individual consciousness. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just get that straight. There's, yeah. there's probably really not even anything, like, no such thing. <laughs> which is, right? yeah, which, which I actually always say, you know, I remember one of my teachers saying, we are one. And, and, and this goes back to the whole judgment piece. If you're judging somebody, that's, hold a mirror up. What it, what is it within you that you are not happy about or, or happy with? So it's constantly talking to us if we're awake to it. Come, isn't that amazing? I love that. I love the serendipity serendipity of all of it. And then there's also um, zenblanity, which is the it's it's a coin term that's the opposite of serendipity, which is basically all the negative things that are serendipitous. And that's the point. Like life is this complete profound mirror and it's like if you want to know what your beliefs are if you want to know what anyone believes or what they're committed to just look at their life mm. period that's yep. it yeah yep. and I think even just to tune into what you're saying as well like you know I think that if I hear myself say something like I would never do that 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 would be once again uh, I would need to investigate why would I make a comment like that you know, right. and that could be my shadow playing out right now. It's it's like for me, there's a, there's always a learning in everything that we say, do, and feel and act. A hundred percent, and and that's the profound thing is that it's just like one big mirror, and then you go through this life, and you're kind of like dancing through it, and you're like, wow, this is so profound. It's so profound. I mean, it's so advanced. It's a miracle every second of every day. Absolutely. So, Dr. Erin, as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? Partnership. Oh, I like that. I mean, yeah, one of the main things I'm focusing on is, of course, it's community, but it's more than community. It's partnership. So I'm doing actually affiliate 50-50 with people because I am kind of kind of dumbfounded of all these separate platforms. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm like, how can I um, have people, you know, feel like they're true partners? And that's, I was like, well, it's really easy. Give them 50, 50% of everything, right? Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how, how it, and that's a great way for exposing the work that you do and help raise the consciousness of this planet. Yeah, and I think we just need, we need, you know, I've been in spiritual centers and some are amazing, but they're very limited and they're limited to a demographic and uh, a geographic, sorry. And I just feel like it's time for a world uh, community. It's mm -hmm. time for us to come together and, and somehow have an umbrella for different events going around the world and, and different things and yet come together online and stuff. So um, super excited. Yeah, mm, really great things that. coming online. Yeah, love Hope it, and check love it out. It. Soul. Soul Society, which is S O U L C I E T E dot com, just launched. Mm. So it's super exciting. Mm -hmm. I, and I highly recommend for our listeners check it out. We'll have it all in the show notes, but absolutely beautiful. So, Dr. Erin, as we wrap up, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to leave three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So, what would be mm. those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? Three shiny golden nuggets. I would say number one is prosperity. It is your birthright to have prosperity. Money is a symbol of, it's just energy. It's an exchange of energy. And anywhere you're stuck, 
in money, wealth, or abundance, give it. Give service. Give, call people up. If you're a coach and you're new and you can't figure out how to get clients, give your services. Get a testimonial in exchange. Give, 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 give. Serve, serve, serve. And it will come back, the prosperity. Um, number two, I would say, um, I would say health. And I would say the number one thing is just find peace. You gotta find peace. No matter what you do, you has to be your number one priority. And that's not comfort. That's peace. Um, third, I would just say it's of course love. Love is the most profound thing. And if you can't love yourself, there's no way in hell you can love somebody else. So true. I love that. The one mm -hmm. one thing that resonates with me is the prosperity piece. When you're saying give, 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 and I, I, I also believe that, like I believe it's in the, the giving that we receive. But then mm -hmm. there's also, we had another, um, Anita Mojani actually, that was, she, uh, having she's a, amazing. Yes. Having oh, a conversation yeah. with her was another etheric slap. She said, are your receiving channels open? In other words, that we can get so into that giving space, which is me, I give, 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 that then we don't know how to receive. What are your thoughts around that? It's very profound. You know, it's so funny because I work with a lot of women entrepreneurs and they start out just, they want to give everything. And I'm like, they're not, they're afraid to charge. Or, then you find some, there's men that have half, you know, and they're just charging left and right. And I'm like, what is going on with this, right? Mm. So I just want to slap the girls out there and go, it's time to claim your birthright of prosperity. Um, I get it. I think that there's a time and a place to give and serve. And there's a time and a place to say, I'm worth it. And it's time for money exchange. And I would say this is the number one thing. And this will, this changed my life when I heard this years ago. And it was a story of a gentleman who, and I'll try and make it fast because we're running out of time, but oh, no, no. Um, he, he basically, um, he asked all of, uh, these women what their goals were, what their money goals were. And one said, oh, you know, it's 5,000 a month. If I can make that, oh, one's like 20,000 a month. Da, da, da. He goes, that's great. Those are all desires. They're not must-haves. Until you get like you have to make it, it's not going to necessarily happen because you're in your comfort zone. So it, this is why as coaches we charge. This is, yes, we are claiming our birthright, but you're doing somebody a service when you charge them because it makes them committed. It makes them have to rise. There's a law of demand in the universe. It's that, it's that life force. When the runner, you know, runs out of energy, there's something that happens and they break through that wall, that runner's wall, and they break through and all of a sudden they have more energy, right? You, it's that muscle. Your muscle can't build unless you put force on it to, to have weight on it. The people need to commit and how we commit a lot because we value this thing called money. It's just a, another symbol, but that's how, so you have to know that if you want to break through claiming your birthright of money, you have to understand this is a gift. It's a gift for them to charge them money. And that mm. for me changed my entire perspective of now I have no problem ever charging people for doing coaching, for, for doing spiritual work, for doing subconscious work, any of it. Mm, I know. And it, it, I think that also ties in with self-worth a lot of the times for women, isn't oh, it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Self-worth and skill set. I mean, if you're basically, if you're having a hard time doing sales, it's usually either self-worth or you really do need to develop your, your skill set. You feel mm. like you're not confident because you really aren't there yet. You're not ready. You don't believe in yourself because the skill set's not there. So true. So Dr. Erin, where would be the best place for our listeners to find you? Because you do have quite a few and we'll have them all I in know, the show yeah. notes. Do Dr. Erin goes to it. So D-R-E-R-I-N dot TV. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an ama- an absolute honor to have you on the show. Sh- mm. I- I'd like to also thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. It's been amazing. I've written down heaps of notes. Thank you so, so very much. Hey, thank you. I just want to honor you for, you know, raising consciousness, bringing people together. I think it's one of the greatest gifts you can give the world. And I know shows are a lot of work. So I just want to say thank you so, so much. And everyone can find me at Instagram at drerin.tv as well. So I'd love to connect with everybody, um, get involved. I'm super excited to come down for your event if it all happens and just want to say thank you. Thank you so, so very much. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift. Where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook. To soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.